When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it, Roadshow Friday. We're here at the Hale Varsity Club in La Vista, snuck in between Cabela's and Embassy Suites. Chris Schmidt, I have kidnapped Elijah Herbal. He is with me. Uh, we are on stage, man. Don't throw any ones. Uh, we are enjoying ourselves here at the Hale Varsity Club. Connor Clark is chained back in the studio. We're waving at you, Connor. We're streaming. Watch us here on ESPN Lincoln Facebook, ESPN Lincoln Twitter. Always follow along with Hale Varsity Radio at HVarsity Radio. We're going to have a fun Friday. There's no football for Nebraska. Still some Husker football topics to get into, guys. So we'll go there. Uh, Jacob Padilla with us. Brady Oltman's with us in the 5 o'clock hour. And uh, we'll spend time with the Pride of Fairbury Bill Dolman, NBC Sports, the professor. Numbers to get in. Join us today here at the Hale Varsity Club in La Vista, 466-3776-800-825-5865. can email chris at halevarsity.com. And if you want to find us on Twitter individually, Chris Schmidt, that's me at Schmidt underscore radio, at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal, and Connor Clark at C underscore Clark underscore 27. We're presented here by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. How we doing? You glad it's Friday? Do you miss the excitement of, of a Nebraska game or the intrigue of a Nebraska game tomorrow? I could, uh, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to watching some other teams. We're going to have an off topic Friday topic, and that is. What's the most damage? Connor, you're going to have to make this up to play along. (laughs) Uh, Most damage you've done at a bar, as in what was the highest tab? How many Shirley Temples is that? How many Shirley Temples or. (laughs) I mean, I'm uh, 20, guys. Come on. (laughs) That's pretty good. So, uh, what what we're talking about here is, is cocktails and a great bar here at the Hale Varsity Club. But uh, what is going on through this weekend is going to help Team Jack out. 15% of all uh, the cocktail proceeds go to Team Jack. So if you can't make it in tonight, 4 to 6 here at the Hale Varsity Club, uh, find your way in this weekend. Get some Sunday NFL or some college football tomorrow. Elijah, what are you doing? What do you know? You uh, ready to rock and roll here for a non-football weekend Nebraska-wise? I'm not sure what the, the mood around... Husker Nation is, but for Relief. me personally, I could use a week off. Relief. 
could just use a week off from all the drama, all the, man, is, is there going to be another assistant coach gone this week? Is Nebraska going to lose by 40? What, what's it going to look like? I'm just glad we get a week off from all of that. I'm going to enjoy my weekend. Uh, I may not leave my couch once either tomorrow or uh, Sunday watching college football tomorrow and then watching uh, NFL on Sunday, and I'm just going to soak in the football. Mm-hmm. Soak in the football and, and be a fan for a weekend, I guess, even though uh, you know we don't root for the, for the Huskers, really. Uh, we report on them. Um, Saturday is, is not a day to be a fan, and uh, I think I'm going to take that opportunity tomorrow to, to be a fan and just be a fan of the sport as a whole of college football. I'm looking forward to that. Connor, what game are you circling tomorrow? Of course, I think a lot of Nebraska has eyes on Baylor, Iowa State on FS1. That's one I'll be uh, tuning into uh, while I'm finding my golf ball. Yeah, there's a lot of good games on tomorrow, a lot of intriguing ones, especially when it comes to head coach search. If you mm-hmm. really wanted to get a, a good look at some candidates, some games I'm interested in, you mentioned Baylor-Iowa State. That's a good one of the Big 12. Tennessee-Florida, where game day will be. Kansas-Duke is kind of like America's game almost because everybody wants Kansas to keep winning. <laughs> so I'll, I'll keep tabs on that. From a personal fandom, I'll throw on that Northwestern-Miami of Ohio game, which will probably be the ugliest game of the weekend. But you know what? I'll, I'll watch the Cats for a little bit. But I'll be like Elijah. I'm going to be... On the couch, watching a lot of football. I don't know how much moving I'll be doing this weekend. That's the way to do it. That is absolutely the way to do it. And uh, can email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Your most expensive bar bill. When was it? Where was it? Uh, I will jump off the uh, the plank here first. Junior year, third junior year of college. <laughs> uh, had, a, had a credit card that mom and dad gave me. And I think I went out with some buddies. Uh, Dirty Dave in, in, in Nitro, Nate Dickerson, shout out. And uh, we went to a, a bar that did really high-end, high-level cocktails, and we, we sampled some, uh, some whiskey that was not cheap, nor was it well, right? And no well whiskey that night, and we had a good old time, but I charged it all, and, and I got called into the, uh, the, the old man's study. <laughs> you see this? It's not related to a money tree. So I got I got hammered twice, uh, once at the bar and once at his office. Uh, so uh, that was mine. 300, which is excruciatingly high back in that era of, of Thursday night specials. Brennan chimes in off topic of Nebraska and the NFL. A horrible beat last night. Man, when you look at um, the Pat McAfee parlay, Najee, one touchdown. Chubb, one touchdown. Pitt, plus seven and a half. Oh, that was... Uh, that hurts. That hurt big, big time. That hurt big time. Uh, we do have numbers to report. Mitch Sherman out with this. Some financials to tell you about for Mickey Joseph. So, the full contract, which stipulates that if Nebraska hires a coach from the outside... Mickey Joseph is safe, and he should be, but Mickey immediately returns to his role as associate head coach and receivers coach. That is awesome news, fellas, especially if you're on the recruiting trail this weekend Mm. because that's what Mickey and some of the coaches are doing. You need to have that assurance, son, I'm not going anywhere. And that's great for the current crop, but you still have a window to go do some damage. And Mickey Joseph is uh, arguably as good as it gets in the recruiting world. 
So for him to be down in New Orleans this uh, these last couple of days and have that assurance to be able to tell kids, listen, I may or may not get the job, but I'm not going anywhere, come to Nebraska. And he set the tone, Elijah and Connor, immediately this week with his press conference, kind of his, all right, I don't really need to talk to you, but I'm going to talk to you, and uh, we're going to, we're going to be professionals. We're going to handle the program the right way and go out there and, and, and recruit like we're going to be here. Well, you know he will be here. That's big. Real quick on some financials. Uh, Joseph Joseph's contract has been restructured as interim coach, and that's going to pay him a monthly stipend of $33,350 on top of his $600,000 salary. His new deal also includes a series of incentives, notably a $150,000 payment if he leads Nebraska to a non-CFP bowl game. So Mickey can make some cash. Good for him. He's making 600 a year as is, but uh, good on Mickey for what he's doing on the recruiting trail. That's really big to be able to sell. Yeah, and, and uh, we've talked a lot about, you know, Mickey Joseph saying this week, not going to sabotage uh, the, the football team with uh, my role moving forward. Now, I think this is Trev saying – you know what, we're not going to give you the opportunity to sabotage almost and just lock it in and say, we want you back next season. Uh, it, it makes a lot of sense, and I think that's why a lot of Husker fans in the past week were going to that, that Dave Rand name because you saw, well, Mickey Joseph's your interim head coach. Uh, Bill Bush is your interim defensive coordinator. Maybe these are the guys Trev wants within the program moving forward, and the name that then makes sense is a guy that has worked with those two guys in Dave Aranda, and I think that's why that Aranda name has gained so much momentum. Is that Some people, steam, yeah. People are saying, well, it, it only makes sense that maybe Trev uh, in his back pocket the whole time has got the guy who worked with those guys at LSU and has been a hot candidate in the college football coaching world. Well, it makes a lot of sense if uh, that's been your, your master plan all along to, to bring Dave Aranda in and pair him again with Mickey Joseph and Bill Bush. And uh, I'm not saying this is taking away from that narrative, but I think it is just uh, solidifying the fact that, that you have two guys, even though the, the Bush information is not out yet, but you have two guys in Bill Bush and Mickey Joseph that you want here for the long haul. And uh, we'll see if any information comes out about, about Bush having any sort of uh, incentive like that. Like no matter what happens this season, he'll be returning, but uh, that'll be something to follow. But nonetheless, I think this just kind of confirms that Trev does in fact like what he's seen from Mickey Joseph and, and Bill Bush and wants those guys around. Well, uh, Connor, the topic of accountability has been not just talked about, but walked, walking the talk. Uh, this week by Mickey Joseph, and he's done it uh, with the football program, getting guys ready uh, during the bye week, but now also on the recruiting trail. And in a business where there's not much assurance, what did all the coaches say to us, those that have been fired or will be fired? Uh, there's some, some reality for Mickey Joseph uh, with, um, with what he means to this football program and responsibility he's taken. Yeah, you mentioned accountability. I think Mickey Joseph has done a really nice job of balancing the accountability not only for his team but for himself and the transparency that he'll give the media and that he'll give the fan base because he's looking himself in the mirror, you can tell, and he knows what he needs to do better. He knows what he needs to fess up to and what changes need to be made on a week-to-week basis, and he also knows that there could be some tough decisions along the way. And He's made a couple. <laughs> yeah, he's already made a couple, and, and who knows when that line stops. But this is going to be a big weekend for him. I like what uh, Elijah had to say, too. Trev Alberts is basically saying you can't sabotage the program because we're going to keep you around 
that level of consistency is going to be key. And I really like just the passion that Mickey Joseph brings to the football program as well. Yes, he played football here, but you can really tell that he cares a lot about his opportunity because he knows he's worked very hard for his opportunity right now. And he also knows that the team owes it to the fan base as well to put a good product on the field. He's going to try and do his best to do that. So I think he's done a really nice job of balancing the transparency of the program with the fan base and the media and his accountability, not only of the team, but of himself as interim head coach so far. And two things I want to note here quickly is, is one, this move really does, I think, free up Mickey Joseph to, to make the decisions that he wants to make uh, throughout the rest of the season, maybe take some chances. Because when you get to the end of the season, uh, if what you tried didn't work, it's okay. You, you still got your, your returning role back to, uh, to wide receivers coach uh, and associate head coach next offseason, even if the things you tried this season don't work. So I think that gives him some freedom there. But it's also going to be interesting to watch moving forward with Trev going, trying to find the next guy. If it's not Mickey, don't want to uh, put the the cart in front of the horses here, but if it's not Mickey, it's going to be interesting that, that Trev's going to have to go to a guy and say, man, even if you want to bring your whole staff here, that's just not something we can do. You know, I'm going to make you keep a guy that kids want to play for that doesn't take any BS with the diva position, a wide receiver. Oh, and he's one of the top recruiters in the country. I'm going to make you take that guy on your staff, Elijah. There are worse things. <laughs> and maybe it says something about a prospective head coach if they don't want that guy around. Right. I mean, you know, it's not – think about some of the uh, the perks or challenges, right, with whatever gig you take, uh, what you inherit. Uh, this is pretty good. Your, your wide receiver's coach is handled. See those guys catching all the footballs on Sunday? Yeah, he – he coached them. He mm-hmm. found them. He helped develop them. Or he didn't screw them up, right? They're, they're doing work. Email from Todd. Chris, completely understand the importance of the players getting a rest and the coaches on the road recruiting. But with a 1-3 and three record, how and who we lost to and what's at stake with the Huskers? Couldn't the assistants run drills or do something constructive on Friday? I know it's Mickey's call, but from an armchair coach's perspective, the guy's should be on the practice field doing something to get better. That the email from Husker Todd. Todd, totally get where you're coming from, but I think there's uh, some some rules, and and I think rules state during a bye week, you're uh, you're limited to how much practice time you can have. You've got limited contact, obviously. Uh, all those things are reality for Nebraska, and between the mental gymnastics they've had to go through. Uh, just the level of pressure they've had this season, they they need to, to step away. So between what the NCAA rules are and just food for thought to, to reset, this makes sense. Get everything figured out. Take a deep breath. You've drilled some, some individual time already when you did practice this week, guys. And come ready to go to work because – Listen, you've got some games that are gettable, some winnable games, homecomings looming a week from tomorrow, and I, I don't care if it's homecoming or not. It's Indiana. you got to win that ball game and, and kind of get out of this tailspin. Well, and- but maybe sometimes you, you, you try too hard and – the best thing is to, to take a step back. That's kind of my two cents, Todd. Well, let's also not forget that there is other responsibilities that student-athletes have during the fall besides football, even though that kind of goes 
uh, by the wayside a little bit from people like you and me, Schmitty, but these guys have college classes they're attending as well. Uh, they got midterms coming up here, and Connor would know better than me. I think we're still about four weeks away from midterms, but still, it's about that time to, to start getting prepared for those, and you can take a bye week and start working ahead on some of those things. They have college classes to worry about, and I'm sure taking a break is going to be big for um, just the mentality of, of being able to kind of step aside from the season for a little bit and take a step back and, and reassess how things are going and uh, not so emotionally invested, uh, I, I guess, in a week whenever it's just about you getting yourself better. But it's okay that these guys have to, to take a step back and work on college courses as well. That, that's a, a factor that I think a lot of times people forget uh, at a place like Nebraska that, hey, these kids are, are student athletes, and the student, while uh, maybe feels like it's gone away with uh, NIL, but student athlete is still first in it, student. More emails to get to. Jacob Badilla joins us. We're here at the Hale Varsity Club in La Vista with Hale Varsity Radio. Each year, approximately 5,000 children are diagnosed with brain cancer. Of those children, nearly 30% will not survive, and many of those that do are left with debilitating side effects for life. We're asking you to help by tuning in to the 10th Annual Team Jack Foundation Radiothon presented by the Home Agency on September 29th. Become a champion for a cure for just $20 a month. Visit TeamJackFoundation.org to learn more. Thank you for helping us fight for a cure. Yes! That's awesome! Back with you, it's Hale Varsity, presented by Currency. We're here at the Hale Varsity Club in La Vista on the road today in Omaha. And uh, come see us. We're here till 6. And uh, great food and drink special. Some of their uh, signature cocktails and shots. The Hail Mary, the Old Fashioned, the Aviation, all good choices. And some premium mules. We needed some of this. Over in Dublin, it was called the Dublin, the Jameson Whiskey, uh, some bitters, a little lime juice, and a ginger beer. Uh, We were going to grab Jacob Padilla, so we'll do that here in a moment, get his take on this week's prep action, Uh, some thoughts on Nebraska football as well from uh, Jacob Padilla from Hale Varsity. Brady Oltman's coming up in Hour 2, and uh, we'll for sure find time with Bill Dolman uh, the pride of Fairbury and NBC Sports to Professor Bill. Numbers to get in today can join us at 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. Can uh, do that. Can continue to email uh, email from a different Todd. And Todd kind of laughs when I mention the recruiting part of Mickey Joseph. He says, what, top recruiter? He brought in some good players from LSU. We'll see if he brings them directly here. Can he recruit to Nebraska from Louisiana versus the portal? Well, and Todd, I get your point, but the portal's in play, okay? NIL is in play. It's an advantage Nebraska has. We uh, welcome in Jacob Padilla with us here on Hale Varsity Radio here at La Vista, the Hale Varsity Club. Jacob, uh, wave at me if you can hear us, my friend. He's waving. (laughs) We say hi to Jacob. Uh, Jacob, thanks for the time, bud. It's been uh, another interesting week. It's a bye week, and uh, I think uh, Husker Nation needed a bye What's your uh, your assessment here with Nebraska football moving forward? I want to start there with you as you look at the schedule. Uh, let's talk wins and losses here. Let's talk big picture, and I know that's a difficult question 
after Oklahoma. Sorry, you, you cut out uh, after, after Oklahoma. You cut out. So, do you think do you think things can get? <laughs> Schmidt, you keep cutting out. You can't. Yeah, you, you can't hear the I, the back half of your question. Okay, stabilized. <laughs> do do you think Nebraska can get stabilized? Did you hear me there? <laughs> there we go. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, I don't know that that that's. I mean, that was the question that I put out before the Oklahoma games. How much can a change in leadership? How much of a difference can that make in one week? In one in the span of a few weeks within the season. Um, it's difficult uh, to undo everything that you've just spent an entire off season working on. So uh, like that's, that's the question that Mickey Joseph has to, to navigate is like, all right, how can we figure out how to get the most out of these guys? Um, I, it's, I'm not saying it's impossible. It's just a big test because again, they, they, they spent the whole off season working on specific things, uh, going through certain, uh, like focusing. Uh, and then now you've got a new defensive coordinator. You've got uh, a new head coach. They're, they're changing some things and just how they go about day-to-day work. Hopefully the changes um, that they make will kind of unlock some, some of the, the, the ability still within the team because I, I definitely think the team has underperformed to its talent level to this point. I think there's still something there uh, that you can get more out of, but um, it certainly won't be easy. Jacob Padilla is with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, and Jacob, what's at stake here if things don't get stabilized for this Husker football team? If, say, Nebraska ends up going 1-11, 2-10, and it just never quite looks right, is the, the sellout streak the, the biggest thing that's at stake here? Because I, I think it feels like a lot of Husker fans have already kind of checked out on this season and said, no matter what happens, we're on to next year. Well, what, what do you think's at stake in these remaining eight games? Yeah, I, I think that's the biggest thing, just na- uh, Nebraska-wise. Um, obviously, Mickey Joseph has something at stake here. If He's uh, trying to, I mean, not only for this job, but if he has head coaching aspirations in general down the future or in the future, um, he's got something at stake here. Like, if he can show some things, if he can – turn this program around and um, it, not necessarily even lead them to a bowl game, but show them like maybe score an upset at some point or um, kind of get back to the level where it's looking like a, a much better team. Then that's something for him that that's on the line. But in terms of Nebraska, as it is right now, there, I mean, it, it's all about the players and getting the most like out, out of this experience, getting what they can, trying to get better, trying to figure out, um, what their trajectory is moving forward. Uh, because, I mean, I, bowl, bowl game, whatever, like yeah, that's out the door. You're not worried about that. Obviously, the coaching change has already been made, so that's not like beyond the, the Joseph factor. That's not something that Nebraska is, has to worry about anymore. Um, so, yeah, that, that, that sellout streak is uh, kind of the, the one thing. And obviously, it seems like it's going to be a week-to-week thing. I don't. I wonder to what lengths will the, the university go to try to extend it. We've obviously seen them get creative in the past. Um, or will they just, like, if it doesn't happen, then fine. Um, 
we'll let it go. Well, uh, I, I don't think they want to do that. Um, so we'll see kind of how close they can get it and then maybe um, do some things on the back end there to, to, to finish it off. But that that is probably the – it's ultimately it's not – like if that is the, the most important thing, then that shows kind of how unfortunate this season is. Uh, it is kind of a, a lost season in that regard, but you can still kind of plan some – put down some roots, some guys in the program that may still want to be here next year. This is their opportunity to show, Hey, I, I can still be an impact player for this program. Um, and, and I want to be here long-term no matter who the head coach is. Jacob Adil is with us here on Hill varsity radio and Jacob say you're put into the shoes of a team captain of this Nebraska team heading into this bye week What's your mentality heading into this bye week, and how do you kind of – you can't obviously erase what has happened so far. But how do you put that on the back burner? Yeah, I, I think the message has to be all about just give it your all. Um, let's let's try to give ourselves and Coach Joseph the best shot at, at making this work. Uh, let, let's, let, let's be receptive to the changes he's trying to make. Let's attack it. Let's really be cognizant of the, the things that they're focusing on. It's got to be all details. He talked about, hey, we're not even doing team stuff this week. It's all going to be fundamentals because clearly this team needs that stuff. Um, it, that's that's a big problem. Why they're having all, all these issues on game day is um, their, their technique is letting them down uh, and they're not able to make the plays that they need to uh, once the balls are flying. So um, I, I think that's pretty much has to be the mindset with, with these leader, the, the leaders on the team or telling to the other guys, it's like, this is, this is our chance. Now it's a, it's a fresh start. That's the other thing you got to start with. Like Joseph told like, Hey, uh, we're going to be looking at some younger guys. We're going to give everybody a shot here to see, all right, who deserves to be out there on the field. So um, to, to the veterans, the incumbents, like, Hey, you got to go out and earn your job again to the young guys. Hey, this is your chance to, to get on the field. So um, it, there is kind of that sense of like, uh, new life for everybody on the team at this point. Um, and so I think those are probably the things that the, the, the team leadership has to be selling as they attack this bye week. A few minutes here, Jacob Padilla with us on Hale Varsity Radio here at the Hale Varsity Club in La Vista uh, here till 6. Jacob, what what team or coach are you watching this weekend? There's been a slew of Names out there from Aranda to Leipold to old Bill O'Brien screaming in the press box, all right, as OC for Bama. But what game or or team are you intrigued by here that's uh, been floated out there as a potential candidate for Nebraska? To be perfectly honest, I'm not really watching any of those teams. Like, I, I, I've got volleyball tomorrow night, so that, that mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be down in Lincoln for that. Um, and then I hadn't even looked at the schedule. I'm pretty much just the way I attack the college football weekend is if I'm home, I turn on the TVs uh, and flip around until I find a game that's interesting. So I don't even look ahead because generally, like when you're covering when you're covering a game yourself, that takes up most of your day. So mm-hmm. I don't really plan around like, all right, I got to see this game. It's just whatever happens beyond. I I don't have like personally right now. I don't have strong feelings about who I think it should be. Who I about the other candidates i um i i I find a lot of them interesting uh again all those names that are on the list i'm like i can definitely see how that would make sense like i i just don't have strong feelings about oh this would definitely work oh this definitely would not work 
Um, so I'm kind of just going to sit back, be more passive, just see what happens here, follow along, um, kind of big picture. And then once we kind of narrow in and have a better idea of who actually will be the person, then, then I'll kind of really lock in there and try to examine instead of like stressing over, all right, uh, obsessing over all these different guys. A candidate list is pretty extensive at this point with all the names that people are talking about at least. So um, we'll see. Uh, just kind of react to, to how the games go. Well, Jacob, you mentioned the fact that, that covering a game on a Saturday really does take up the majority of your Saturday. So do you at least have something planned for your bye week of like, man, I finally have a, a free Saturday up until volleyball Saturday night. I got to think of something to do. Like, what are you going to be doing tomorrow? He's going to be hooping. Uh, actually, uh, it's, it's it's basketball related. It's uh, fall the high school fall league uh, <laughs> yep. okay. started last week, uh, so I'll go check that out on Saturday morning instead of my pickup game on Sunday Saturday morning. And then uh, I, I'm going to be working on a, a feature for this weekend, looking at Sam Griso on some of his film and doing. I, I did some film studies on some of the newcomers back um, in the summer a little bit. So with, with the start of practice next week, I figured. Sam's going to be a huge part of this, and I hadn't gotten around to uh, diving in his yet. So I'll be watching some Gr- Sam Greasel tape uh, Saturday afternoon before I head down to Lincoln for volleyball. So, so the team might have a bye week, but there's no bye weeks for Jacob, Jacob Padilla. Jacob is, is <laughs> lacing up the uh, – the, uh, Jacob, I, I assume, got 60 seconds here, your favorite basketball shoes. What, what, what have you gone with over the years? About 60 seconds. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a Nike guy. Um, I typically I, I'm not a, a shoe person. I just like whatever feels comfortable and is uh, reasonably priced. Um, right now, I am wearing a, a pair of LeBrons. Actually, though, uh, kind of the first time I've gone that uh, that route, and uh, they're pretty comfortable. They they treated me well so far. Black and red, uh, a nice little pair there. There he goes. The the LeBron is smiling about your endorsement. I love it. <laughs> Jacob Padilla is with us. Jacob, have a good weekend. Can't wait to, to check coverage out with Husker Volleyball tomorrow night. Thanks for a few minutes today. Yep. Thanks, guys. The radio is uh, excited to decompress a little bit, get out for uh, some college football tomorrow, and just scan the dial. He's He's got a great, sound, sane approach. Uh I'm going to be locked in on, on Iowa State Baylor tomorrow. I think Lawrence will be a party tomorrow with Duke coming to town. So uh, I'll check that out. Uh, on the horizon for Nebraska football, do you worry about some guys opting out? We'll dive into that. It's on the way with Hale Varsity here at the Hale Varsity Club. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price. That means that you can get everything we do. Ten issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 dollars off a full year of hail varsity that's hailvarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code gbr he's in his 30s but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other now say my name it's schmitty on hail varsity radio i got the body of a taut pre-teen swedish boy 
You know, once upon a time, I was in my 30s. We're getting all of that rectified. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, (laughs) Connor Clark. We are here at the Hale Varsity Club, and we're presented by your friends at Currency. I want to tell you about Red Zone Tickets. RedZoneTickets.com, selling fun since 2001. Are you looking to go to an event? Are you trying to find concert tickets? Do you want to go check out Creighton Hoops this year? How about Nebraska Volleyball? And then, of course, Big Red Football. Uh, RedZoneTickets.com. They buy, they sell, but most importantly, they are authentic. They're 100% guaranteed. On all orders, you'll receive authentic tickets and experiences you'll never and they are local. They are great folks in Omaha, and that local source means they care. A-plus, better rating, and create those memories. We've all got a bucket list, right? A sporting event, a concert, someplace we want to go. RedZoneTickets.com, make it happen. Log on today and create those memories that do last a lifetime. RedZoneTickets.com, RedZoneTickets.com. I wish... I would have gone through RedZoneTickets.com when I got absolutely robbed for Nebraska-Notre Dame tickets with Cranach in 2000. Was that, was that pre-internet? Uh, no, <laughs> it was just internet. But uh, Red Zone Tickets was a year old. Uh, I, I think I paid, well, more than Junior's first car is going to be worth <laughs> to sit in uh, in South Bend. Uh, Hale Varsity Club is where we are at in La Vista between Cabela's and Embassy Suites, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark, and email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Guys, i got to ask you this, and you've seen it happen at other programs that have coaching changes, that, that have upheaval. You've seen it happen uh, pre-bowl games, right? Are you a first-rounder, second-rounder, third-rounder, whoever's in a kid's ear is saying, you know what, maybe you should opt out. You're not playing in a, in a title game or a college football playoff. Sit down. Even programs like Michigan have had that happen to them. I'd say it'd be an issue for Nebraska, except they've not been to a bowl game. <laughs> Hymas checked out, and look where he ended up. Fifth round, and he's doing well for the Chargers. Do you worry about some players opting out, uh, stepping down to preserve their red shirt so they can move on with Scott Frost no longer at the helm with Coach Chenander no longer running the defense. Uh, I think two strong qualities for Mickey Joseph and Bill Bush are their ability to motivate, their ability to relate, and their ability to connect. Mm. I mean, those are three things I've named. It's what's made them so uh, hireable in their career and difference makers on the recruiting trails. So I'm not saying it can't happen with Nebraska, and I'm not saying it it won't happen at Nebraska, but I think you have a, a real opportunity with Mickey and Bush to uh, to maybe nip that in the bud. But I think it's something to, to be monitoring guys moving forward in front of Indiana. Well, and this was honestly the first place my mind went whenever we heard the news of A.J. Allen's injury on Monday. I, I said, well, the timing's strange considering it was four games in, he had played his four, and then this injury comes down. It does sound like it's 100% legit collarbone yeah, injury. Yeah, he's got a collarbone. But, but yeah, that, is, that is the first place that my mind went is, hmm, I, I wonder if he left that game with a, a knock and then he got back uh, and uh, met with the coaching staff and said, you know what, 
I don't know if I want to play the rest of the season. I, I still have my red shirt, and it doesn't sound like that's the case, but one thing you have to remember in all these things is the guys who opt out are the guys that don't need to put anything else on tape. If you're going to the NFL, you opt out because the NFL teams have seen all they need to see through the regular season. You don't need to go play in this meaningless bowl game, risk injury, whenever the NFL teams have already seen what they need to see. And then uh, on the flip side of things, if it's a guy who wants to enter the transfer portal this offseason because Scott Frost is gone, needs to find a next landing spot, he needs to be a guy who has put enough on tape to make another Power 5 program, or at least another Division 1 program, say, you know what, that's the guy we can utilize in our team. So if you're thinking of candidates of guys that you're worried about dropping out, you have to understand these are probably guys that have enough on tape that they don't need to go put anything else on tape uh, to, to convince whether it be the NFL or another team to, to come pick these guys up. It's another thing completely if it's a guy who just says, you know what, this season feels lost and I want to opt out, but I think that's a, that's a, a tougher sell to a coaching staff. When you say, you know what, I'm going to be back next season, but I want to preserve my red shirt this year. Tougher sell for a coaching staff, and I'm not sure Mickey's the kind of guy to, to deal with. I, like I don't that. think he would deal well with that, but I'm just saying, Connor, okay, I'm X, Y, or Z on the defensive side of the ball, and this ain't going to get any better, no matter if you spend 100 hours on fundamentals or individuals. Uh, it's still going to be an uphill climb. I'm out. I came to play for Scott Frost or I, I want to play for Coach Dawson or Root or whatever the case, right? I mean, yeah, that side of the football that's been flipped on its ear with, with Chenander's dismissal. And I, I love and totally appreciate loyalty. You could have guys just check out because you don't even need to, to get permission. You just you click and bang, you're in the portal. And someone else is going to pick you up and probably give you a, a trash bag full of money to do it. Um, so, and I could see it too, Connor, if guys are, guys are older guys, but still have some eligibility left. That's where my mind goes first with these opt-outs. If, if, if Nebraska is going to go young and give, uh, give some playing time or guys take playing time, better, better way to phrase it. Some younger guys take playing time away from some older guys. I could see it happening there. Yeah, I think that makes sense because if you're an older guy, say a fourth, fifth-year senior, you don't want to go through a rebuild per se, especially in college too, right? You want to win in those later stages of your career in, in college athletics. So I get it. I was never a huge fan of, of opting out, say, postseason-wise, but it's hard to argue against that just because of all the logistics and all of the life past college football aspects come into play. So that's always a real tough one to argue against. But, yeah, I could see a, a lot of older guys want out. And, you know what, I get it. And it's just, it's a tough situation for these guys. And I, I bet a lot of them are hurting because Scott Frost is gone. But at the end of the day, that's the reality of the situation. And if we see some guys walk, we see some guys walk. And that's just how it's going to have to be. That's the reality of what is a coaching change midseason. And the names that stand out to me, no inside information here whatsoever. These are just the names that off the top of my head make sense of being a guy that might want to go try his luck somewhere else and not want to risk injury this season. Mostly that secondary on, on the defensive side of the ball. Quentin Newsom is a guy that I think has put enough on tape. Another Division One Power 5 school would scoop him up if, if he doesn't want to play for a coach that isn't Scott Frost. I think of Miles Farmer as well as being a guy who has been on the field, maybe underutilized or maybe just doesn't quite fit with this scheme. But he's put enough on tape. I think other schools are going to see uh, potential in him. Uh, the only other spots I can really think of on the defense are maybe that inside linebacker spot. But both Henrich and Reimer don't strike me as the kind of guys that are, you know, K-1 
caring about themselves uh, in a sense that they put themselves ahead of the football team. They seem like guys that A, love Nebraska, and B, love their teammates. And, I mean, a guy in a captain in Henrich, I don't think so, and a guy in Reimer, uh, that really just seems like football is his life. Uh, th- those guys don't stand out to me as being potential opt-out options. And, and then elsewhere I, on the defense, I don't really see many guys that really fit the bill of being a guy who's put enough on tape and is probably going to be looking for a new spot next year or potentially well, looking for a new spot what, next what's, year. What's that rec- wide receiver room look like? Mm. That That's a question. What's the running back room look like? Uh, I, you know, Gabe Irvin's got a chance here to – Really do some work. Can he look good against Oklahoma? Uh, we'll wind down this first hour here from the Hale Varsity Club presented by Currency. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you one final time this hour. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We are at the Hale Varsity Club. And Connor Clark back at our studios. We'll get to some more of your emails. And you're back. Yeah. Um. You got to put a quarter in the computer <laughs> keep your screen up. Elijah Herbal's having uh, screen issues. Uh, we are streaming. We want you to watch us and not get sick, but check us out. We're streaming ESPN Lincoln's Facebook and Twitter and Hale Varsity Radio's Twitter as well at HVarsity uh, Radio. Bill Dolman coming up and uh, Brady Oltman's from HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. His Hale Varsity Radio debut. It is. I can't wait for it. He's good stuff. Really talented writer. And uh, what's really fun is is Clasburn is also going to be happening for the bi-week edition of the Friday forecast. We have picks sure to go wrong. I'm smiling right now because Junior is getting ready for homecoming. Tonight, mm. uh, Uncle Nate and Gary, uh, Gary Michaels got Junior hooked up. So he's got a, a shirt that is not mesh material on. And he has real pants, not joggers. All right. Does, he have, does he have a date? Yeah, he has Ooh, a date. Good for Junior. Yeah, well, yeah, no kidding, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's the obvious part is Junior has a date tonight. But, no, he's got dinner with some buddies and, and their dates, and then he's going to go use his two left feet and, and cut a rug, apparently. Mm. So, yeah, uh, apparently the, um, the, the photo shoot for that is coming up at 6, I've been informed. So we'll, we'll see how much we can get him to smile. And, and not embarrass him. Did you guys pull off homecoming? What do you mean did I pull did it off? Did you get to go? <laughs> I actually usually chose to skip it. I went one year and I did not have a good time. So Really? I went to prom a couple times. I enjoyed okay. prom, but the homecoming thing was just like, hey, I'm going to go enjoy a Friday night football game, and then I'm going to go hang out with my friends and not have to be in some stuffy auditorium that's got no air conditioning, and I'm going to sweat 10 gallons. Like, pass on that. Okay, so when it comes to, to the prom date – was it, uh, did you go as friends? Were you seeing somebody? No, no, no. It's, it, I went with friends. Okay. Big so it was stag, huh? It's a better time that way. You don't have to worry about somebody else. Like Elijah's a free man. <laughs> exactly. I can do what I want with my night. Like, Connor, did you worry did, about being a gentleman? Like, <laughs> screw all that. Homecoming or, or prom? Did you uh, go to either? I went to both. I enjoyed homecoming. I thought it was fun because that was just kind of more casual especially when we got to the age of Mm -hmm. going to prom even though i only got to go to one of those because of you know 2020 and and whatnot but it it was it was a nice contrast between like okay 
you can go to homecoming for like an hour and then leave. Like it doesn't matter. That's that the much. plan. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I had fun. I, I thought those were those were some good times. Mm-hmm. I ended up going to homecoming and prom with my wife. Oh, that's yeah. a love story. Look at that. She right. hates every minute this time of year. <laughs> <laughs> Remembering back to uh, homecoming and prom. So, yeah, you know. we, will, we will embarrass Junior later. Bill Dolman uh, will no doubt uh, put me in my place in a little bit. He's in the green room. He is in the green room, the pride of Fairbury, the professor. We'll get his take on the Cornhusker coaching carousel. Don't scream at your radio or computer as we stream. Bill's had a week to digest the names and the smoke that is out there. And, uh, yes, Clausburn also with the forecast. Hail Varsity from the Hail Varsity Club continues our two next. When you think of Union Omaha, what comes to mind? The high level of play, the inviting atmosphere, the amazing promotions, huh? I spoke to a former player, and when I asked for one thing that made playing for Union Omaha so special, he responded with the people, his teammates, the staff, and the fans. The super passionate, crazy awesome fans, that is. Why am I bringing this up? Because I want to remind you that the people are just as important to the team as the team is to them. There are plenty of matches down the stretch, and we want to see you in the seats. Get your tickets now. Now, before it's too late. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it, Hour 2 here at the Hale Varsity Club. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark, as uh, we're on the road. Another Friday road show. Hale Varsity Radio presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. And uh, back in the People's Republic of Denver, we say hi to... <laughs> The Pride of Fairbury, look Bill that, Dolman. Look at that lighting, Bill. What did you do with your lighting today? It looks phenomenal on the live stream. Yeah, it is. I've got this. Uh, the sunlight is what it's called. <laughs> the, sunlight, the sunlight as it sets over the Rockies cascades through the window. So is the sun rising or setting on Nebraska football 2022? You know, I heard that they made a coaching change. They uh, did. I'm, I'm not sure what impact that's going to have. I heard you guys uh, rolling dice on, what was it, 1-11 and 11 or 5-7 and seven, uh, or better. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking if, if Mickey leads this team to three or four more victories and it's not a perfect run of the table, but it's right down the middle there, mm-hmm. then what does Trev Alberts do? Uh, I, I think that if, if – if, if Nebraska somehow, some way, goes 500, uh, maybe Mickey has earned the right to, to to lose the interim tag. That'd be a, that'd be a pretty impressive uh, job. Bill, you had some restructuring go on with uh, the contract, so an extra thirty three five a month for Mickey on top of his 600 a year, okay? 
Uh, 150, if he gets to a, a non-college football playoff bowl, is the bonus. And if he uh, is passed over for the head job, he still returns to the associate head coach slash wide receiver role. That is set in stone. That was released today. So when he's out on the road telling recruits, I'm here, he's really going to be here. It just depends on uh, what what headset he's wearing, the head coach's headset or the, uh, the wide receiver's coach's headset. You know, I'm sure that in the last 14 months, Trev Alberts has made a mistake. But quite frankly, I can't necessarily pinpoint any mistake that he has made, at least in a major decision, uh, in a major way that he has presented and represented the University of Nebraska. And to get Mickey to be the interim head coach and then have a restructured deal that gets him to say, if I don't get the gig, hey, I'll stay. I-, I think that's I think that's a pretty I think that's a pretty bold move uh, on both of their parts. I like it a lot. Uh, I think in the two weeks that uh, people have, have gotten to know Mickey Joseph again, uh, I think that they have grown to love him the way that they did when he was a precocious 18 to 21 year old playing quarterback. And he has not lost that precociousness as a head football coach. He's very honest. Um, so for him to say, yeah, if I'm not going to get it, I, I still would like to be here. Now, it's a nice gig, good money, people love him. So I just think that's another, you know, great, uh, great move that Trev has made to give some semblance of stability on the shakiest of standing grounds. Bill, quickly, before we get to the phone lines, and if you're on the phone lines, hang on with us for just a second. I promise we'll, we'll get to you right after this question. But, uh, Bill, I want to get your take. My thought is this, for Mickey to really get – uh, a true look at this head coaching gig. He's got to go at least 500 through the month of October against the, the teams that any other year, uh, you know, Nebraska fans would, would expect to beat. Go 500 through October and then get one of those November games, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa, or Michigan. Uh, that, that seems to be, to me, the, the baseline for what Mickey has to do in order to get a, a real look at this permanent head coaching gig. Would you agree with that, or, or what would your guidelines be for what Mickey has to do this season to, to actually get a look at the head coaching gig? I think 500 the rest of the way, um, which, by the way, I'm still trying to get used to that conversation. If Nebraska can go 500 down the stretch, it, it, it still kind of boggles the mind that this is where we are. But I do think that we have hit rock bottom. Um, but I do th- I, I think that 500 gives Trev a dilemma. You know, is he going to move forward with Mickey, given the fact that there have been some more losses? But it also, I think, comes down to how well they play. You know, Trev, like Nebraska football fans understand good competitive football. And we've not been very good and we've not been very competitive. But if Nebraska is competitive and can challenge Michigan, Wisconsin, or whomever, and plays spirited football, executes well, plays smart, uh, tackles in the secondary, uh, then, then, you know, maybe, you know, all of that, even if it doesn't equal to wins, equals up to the you know, what people expect out of Nebraska, and that's competitive, you know, hard-playing football, then I think he, he, he deserves that. I, I also think that, I think this, um, while everybody seems to be speculating every hour as to who the guy really is going to be, 
I think that there has to probably be, and this is just me, and once again, I know I'm right, but again, this is just my opinion. For Mickey to say, I will sign, I will, I will stick around as the associate head coach, that must give him an idea of who they are looking at. Right? Mm-hmm. If, if Mickey says um, that they're going to bring in, just let's say, for example, um, Herm Edwards, maybe he's not going to stick around because Herm's had a disastrous run at Arizona State. Or they're going to bring in the secondary coach at, at uh, Cal Davis. And Mickey's going, well, wait a minute, why, why not me? But if it's somebody that maybe Mickey knows in the business, maybe has worked with in the business, respects, is, you know, and not saying that they had to work together, that might be a tell. But I think that he has to have an understanding of who they're going after the kind of guy, maybe not specifically, but these are the five or six out of the 50 that everybody keeps posting about. These are the five or six guys or kinds of guys that we are looking at. And we think that you would work well together with them. And he's saying, I think you're right. I would, if I don't get the job. Let's go to the phones. Take on my part. Let's go to the phones. Tim's with us here on Hale Varsity. Tim, thanks for hanging on. Go ahead. I'm going to give myself an A. I give you an A, Professor. Tim, go for it. Um, okay, guys. I'm just I'm trying to figure out a little bit here with, with where we're going with this program. And I can't help but look at the correlation as to we just don't seem to put a lot of guys successfully into the NFL. I'm not going to bash the guys that are there. But I'm just wondering, is it is it a problem that we just cannot get the lead in games? to get our backups in to get some depth? Or is it a problem with our coaching staff not being able to, um, to to educate and to teach our guys? There's a problem somewhere. I hate to think it's the kids because I do not think that Wisconsin and Iowa have that much superior athletes than we do, even Northwestern. But they seem to be more successful in their programs and they seem to do more in the NFL. I, I'm curious to hear what you guys think. Thanks, guys. Tim, appreciate the phone call. Here's my thought. We'll roundtable this. You've got to get practice reps and actually play to get better. you got to get practice reps Monday through Thursday, either be it tackling or catching or fundamentals or individual drills or teamwork, whatever. I, I think there's been a cutoff uh, for the last several years, and it, it was before Frost as well. But you you're not developing guys. And then if they do get in, uh, they're not ready or they haven't performed up to a certain level because uh, the, the development's not been there. And it's hard to be a really good pro if you're not a good college player. I mean, that's obvious. But to me, that's it. You, you've had this gap in development where you're, you're turning to a, an 18-year-old. Again, the Ernest Hausman example. There's not a four-year guy ready to come in at linebacker when – when Henrich goes down, you're going to the freshman from Columbus. is not fair to him. I played outside linebacker. He's playing inside this year. Great. He should be practice squadding it for a year. And and then maybe some uh, some special teams, but he sure sure as hell shouldn't be in Dublin. So you've, you've had this gap, Bill. That's kind of my take. Elijah, I think Nebraska's not clearly developed. And if you don't develop, you're not going to – be ready to go on the field, and then when the NFL scouts and eyes are on you, it's uh, it's problematic. And, and to get to Tim's point here really fast before I let you jump on, Bill, 
Uh, he mentioned something about, is this a, well, Nebraska doesn't get up on teams enough and guys don't get in in the fourth quarter. That's not where the development happens. That, that's a chance to give your guys who are developing and aren't ready yet a chance to finally hit somebody who's not wearing the same color as them. You go, okay, we're up enough. Here's your reward. You get to go out there for the fourth quarter, perform in front of 90,000, maybe 85,000 now that some, some people have trickled out because it's a blowout. But it's your chance to go perform in front of the fans and it's a chance to go hit somebody wearing a different color than yourself. That's not where the development happens. The development happens in practice and I've heard it a couple times that this roster at Nebraska was so big that there were guys, walk-ons and scholarship guys, that when team period rolled around, they would go stand on the sideline. They'd go sit in the stands at Memorial Stadium. They would not get a chance to actually go in and practice in team period because the roster was so big with how many guys that Scott Frost and his staff brought in here. Uh, that's a lot of walk-ons, but I mean, when you're talking 30, 40 guys at some points during practice that have to sit on the side and can't play during team period, they're not getting that development. Whenever those 30, 40 guys are getting their development, it's taking away reps from the guys who are second and third stringers who are going to be your next in line to go play on Saturday. So uh, not only, I think, was it an issue of these coaches not developing their, their talent properly, I don't think they were set up well to develop talent during practice. And we've heard that in the last couple of weeks with, well, these guys weren't even tackling at practice. So to, 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 to Tim's point, this is not about what's happening on the field on Saturday. This is what's happening Monday through Friday in practice. And Bill, I'll let you jump on now. Go way back. Remember, there used to be a JV and freshman team, and guys were practicing. Four stations. And, and then they were actually playing, you know, four or five games a year. I was calling freshman games when I started my career, and that, you know, went away. I, I, I don't understand why, why they don't have those kind of developmental squads where you've got your own unit that you're, you know, you're getting adapted into the system, and maybe, you know, five-star, maybe he's going to play uh, uh, with, with the big group. But, you know, that's just a, a lost thing of college football, and it's too bad. But you're right. That roster has 151 players, I believe, on it, or it did. And I believe the number is 110 are freshmen, redshirt freshmen, or sophomores. Then you also include 44 newcomers. You talk about a bunch of guys who need to get every possible rep in every way that they possibly can. You know, usually in practice, the guys who are sitting around doing nothing are the kickers, and they're leaning up against practice dummies because the other guys are, you know, running the field 100 yards. But 110 out of 150 are in their first, second, or third year of college football, and 44 of them are new on campus. And to me, that's that's a recipe for not a lot of development and a lot of you know chaos trying to guys trying to get guys ready. And you're rushing them, like on Ernest Houseman or some of the others that are playing. Some have stepped up and played well. Anthony Grant, although he's got experience at the collegiate level, but A.J. Allen has performed pretty well until he got hurt. Uh, Houseman's been asked to play, as you said, a different position, but, but what a luxury that would be if there were other areas for them to go. And I, again, I'm going to go back in time, but I can remember when guys would come back from the NFL and they'd you know, come back to the university and, and chat with you at Husker Vision or wherever we were, and, and they talk about being in pro practices and coaches would ask Nebraska football players, well, how did you guys do it at Nebraska? What were some of the things that you did at Nebraska? It could be players. It could have been the strength and conditioning, especially I heard that a lot. Like what, what was, what was the formula for success when you were Lincoln? I'm guessing there's probably not a lot of that conversation going on right now. Bill Dolman's with us, Bill. We've got about uh, 90 seconds your take on Waco, I'm going to get uh, right to it, Dave Aranda, mm. and uh, that name that continues to gain some momentum. 
he would have been one of the first people I well, he was one of the first people I thought of. You know, when you've all been contacted about your advice, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But and again, I'm I'm right. But you know, I I've always said whoever's going to get the gig is going to have to be somebody that is comfortable with Trev Albert's leadership, knowing that Trev Alberts is the boss, Ted Carter, Ronnie Green. You've got to work with them, work under them, work side by side, and all that. And there are probably four or five candidates, when you take a look at the major names that are out there, that you say, I can see him sitting across the table, working sleeves rolled up with Trev Alberts and the university administration, and walking in the same direction in terms of character, discipline, football acumen. And Dave Randy is right there, and he's a, he's a wonderful guy. And, you know, he's at a situation at Baylor. He's a Christian man, devoted to his faith, the mission of Baylor University. But, you know, Nebraska's had those kind of principles uh, as well uh, that have been grounded in the program. So I think he'd be a great fit. As, and, but Lance Leipold's in that, that same mm-hmm. mold, you know. Those are the kind of people that I think can work with Trav Alberts and would respect him and not run over him like some of the, you know, past coaches who weren't good fits with their AD. Bill Dolman with us, Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow here at the Hale Varsity Club in La Vista. Billy D, uh, hurry back from Denver, brother. We'll get some wings this week and get ready for Indiana. I will hurry back soon and uh, tell Connor Clark to get a whole bunch of his uh, buddies together and help me to move into my apartment, and I'll see what I can do about getting them at least a B-minus. Well, you've got to bring Connor and his buddies those gummy things that are on every street corner. And... <laughs> then they won't know what they got. Hey, where, hey, hey bro, see. where do you want this, man? Hey, I'll, I'll come help you move, Bill, if that's what we're talking about. I'll come help you move. <laughs> I'd have to have a stack of pizzas about this high, you know? <laughs> uh, it's, they're going to start calling you Mr. Hand is what they're going to do. <laughs> Bill, appreciate you, brother. Thanks so much. Be good. Go be great. There is Bill Dolman. Brady Oltman's with us next from Hale Varsity. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back here, it's officially post time here at the Hail Varsity Club, which means beer 30. We're, what, we're drinking a Hail Ale. It is so good from our friends at Kincaider. Uh, Hale Varsity Club in La Vista, where we're at. Uh, we'll be up here for Purdue. We'll be up here for, uh, I'm going to call it Sopranos Night with Rutgers. But first things first, Indiana, a week from tomorrow. We say hi to Hale Varsity football reporter uh, Brady Oltmans joins us. Follow him on Twitter at Brady Oltmans. Uh, read him with HaleVarsity.com. And uh, check out, what's your Corgi's name, Brady? Uh, it's Archibald, but Archie is fine. <laughs> Archibald, I love is, that. Is Archie, like, near? Is is he in the room? 
We're yeah, streaming. He's, he's with me, but he's enjoying it. one of his birthday cookies right now. Oh, I got him at Petco. So Wonderful, wonderful. He's loving it. Brady, it's good to spend time with you, man. Thanks for the work you're doing covering Nebraska. And, you know, it's been an interesting season, right? Been a been a really interesting season, but more so uh, a focus on, on what you wrote about on HailVarsity.com was the Nebraska job. And as you as you look at Nebraska and the landscape of college football, money, prestige, just that brand is what it still is. But it's been a far cry from from what it used to be as far as percentages and wins and just uh, results. So how's that that balancing act been moving forward, in your opinion, for Nebraska as they look for new leadership? That's really fascinating to me because, uh, like you said, um, on-the-field results haven't been there, um, at least in recent years, certainly um, in relation to the school's pedigree. But um, one of the things I've realized talking to people, agents, um, search firms, even some you know lower-level coaches who might not be associated with the job, um, a lot of these guys, they're football coaches, and they love the um, – um, they, they love the appeal of it because a lot of them were coming up or playing ball when Nebraska was a top tier team. And that appeal of being, I'm going to be the guy to turn it around is, is, is extremely high for a lot of these guys. So that's appealing. Um, it's fascinating to me personally, because this is really the first big hire after the addition of USC, UCLA and the new mm-hmm. TV rights deal, all of that comes together and I mean, last year we had the sitting head coaches of Oklahoma and Notre Dame hired away. And that, and that was before you're throwing hundreds of millions of dollars from TV revenue annually at, at the University of Nebraska. So all of that coalesces together to say really outside of maybe four or five head coaches across the country, Nebraska can, I mean, cast a pretty wide net here and realistically have a shot at, at hiring a lot of really capable coaches. But I think that kind of narrows down the search into well then which one of these guys is the right fit for nebraska because that's that's the big part brady oltman's with us here on hail varsity radio and brady we, we had trev in his uh, presser after firing frost say that that money really was not going to be an issue i'm paraphrasing for him here but he said money's going to be no object in this search and i think by firing frost before that october 1st date he, he kind of showed that that you know what $15 million at a place like Nebraska with the new media rights deal coming down with the, the support of the boosters, uh, that's not a huge deal at a place like this. And I think that was even a message uh, to, to coaches out there that, you know what, Nebraska is going to be a, a step up in terms of uh, money and in terms of exposure for some of these coaches. And when I was looking at, at Dave Aranda, that's been the hot name this week, he just signed a contract extension this offseason. I think he's got over $40 million left on his contract. And when he's making $6 million now, if you're going to take a step up from that, we're talking probably 8 or $9 million a year uh, for, for a guy like Dave Aranda to come to Nebraska. When you just hear numbers thrown around like that, I mean, uh, it's almost crazy money, right? I mean, it's... <laughs> I need to preface everything I'm about to say with, don't get me wrong, I would love to have $8 million right now. (laughs) If if anybody's willing to pay that, please let me know. I'll give you my Venmo. Um, But in the the grand scheme of everything, I mean, that's really not a lot. I mean, it's, you will, think about it this way. Now with that new TV rights deal, you're thinking 2030 and beyond. I mean, this is a huge thing, and now schools are able to borrow against their future 
revenue. And so schools like Nebraska, big brand is basically the entire galaxy of Nebraska. You know, this, as, as poor of results as the, the football team might have on the field nationally. I mean, national ESPN, everybody had its eyes on Nebraska when they went to Ireland and then as they trip, you know, stub their toe against no- or North Dakota, and then ultimately um, that game against Georgia Southern and basically every single thing after that. I mean, this has got national eyeballs on it. And anything that you do in effort to turn around this program's fortune, you're going to have to spend money. But if you spend it wisely, and if you spend 10, 12, 15 million, you know, ballpark, whatever it is, hypothetical numbers, I mean, you're going to see a huge you know, recovery on that investment down the line. So it's, I mean, yeah, 8 million is probably, I mean, it definitely is a big number to, to talk about, but when you're looking through all of these TV rights deals, the multimedia deals, I mean, gosh, anything anymore that gets thrown at college football, it's, it's not that much. Brady, it's going to cost you and, and jump in here in a sec, Connor, but think about it. Think of Mel Tucker, think of Jimbo, you're you're going to get eight nine million dollars to go eight and four every year, right? Yeah. I mean that 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 that's what eight to nine million a year is going to going to warrant you if you're consistent at eight and four. There, there's my interjection, Connor. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was going to ask too, and I know you kind of alluded this earlier, Brady, but the difference between Nebraska's job on the market now versus before even the talk of UCLA and USC joining the Big Ten because that has obviously been huge for the conference as a whole. You're talking about SEC, Big Ten, two power conferences, and that only helps Nebraska with the appealing factor of that job. So how much to you does the after the new teams and the new media rights deal versus before all of that compare to you? I think it can't be overstated um, because now not only do you have Nebraska when I was growing up, and I'm sure the same for you guys when Nebraska was playing, it would be on your TV. And and because it was such a big brand, sometimes it would be on ABC or whatever, and it'd be in, you know, more TVs and in more living rooms. Now they expand out. They're in Chicago they're in the Rust Belt. They're in Pittsburgh because of Penn State. They're in New York, New Jersey because of Rutgers. And now with the addition of UCLA and USC, you're in Los Angeles. It's, I mean, you're spread coast to coast for the, the two biggest metro markets in the entire country. And you're potentially having the Big Ten Network and spread across ESPN, Fox, all of these, you know, CBS, all these things across, across the entire country playing in four different time zones. And Nebraska is going to be available everywhere. I mean, that's, that is so much free marketing and free publicity, not only for the football team, but for the university. And the, who's watching college football? Banged up kids after a Friday night that want to watch some ball, you know, while they're resting from their, their bruises the night before in games. I mean, it's, it's just an incredibly valuable thing that I think, yeah, you're getting a lot of money invested to it. But, I mean, that's a co- potentially colossal return. Brady Oltman's with us, HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. At Brady Oltman's on Twitter. Follow him. Great write-up. So, Brady, I've got uh, about three minutes here in this segment, partner. I need to get your take here. What's, what's, what's the most fascinating response as you've reached out to all corners on the Nebraska job? What's, what's the, the narrative, uh, if you were to, to kind of 
I don't know, uh, do the, the old straw poll. What's the narrative on Nebraska now with uh, with its desirability? Well, well, yeah, because this is a job that's going to be a, a top ten in terms of you've sold you've football. sold it. You have absolutely sold it with what you've talked about and the opportunity and the money and the coast to coast. And Nebraska would schedule purposefully kickoff classics mm-hmm. right in in East Rutherford. Three times a decade in the 80s. Nebraska would schedule UCLA because got to be out in front of the California kids for the 70s and 80s. Nebraska would schedule somebody in the SEC, right? They'd play at South Carolina or, or, or you know, go to the Sugar Bowl if they couldn't get to an Orange Bowl and just let's go, let's go crush New Orleans. I mean, there's methods to the madness. Now it's, it's all there. But, man, they got to start keeping their end of the bargain. Man, it's 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 fascinating to me because um, more often than not, I hear a lot of people say, "Don't worry about the the big name hire or the big flashy get because winning the press release looks good at the time, but it doesn't mean you anything." Did that four it years ago on the field. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it and I, I, like what's I don't know. Frost was a was a huge get for UCF when he came, and then when when he ultimately got hired by Nebraska. I, I firmly believe Bill Moose probably would have got ran out of the state if he didn't hire the Nebraska Golden Boy to come lead it. I mean, people forget just how how much of a slam dunk, home run, everything that that hire was. Sometimes it just doesn't work out. And that was a case that we saw pretty evidently. It just didn't work out for whatever reason there. But it's the I, I often wonder how much more appealing would Matt Campbell be if he hadn't been floated out for so long and like mm. was kind of the, the, the guy that we've been talking about for forever, or I guess Twitter has been talking about for forever. Um, I, I'm also hesitant as exciting as it is to talk about hesitant on a guy like um, Kellen DeBoer. I mean, he basically, he's good, man. Up. I love he's, him, but he's, he's really good. And I've like, I'm used to, you know, cover Wyoming. So I've, I saw him at Fresno and he's a great mm-hmm. coach, but I mean, are you going to hire a guy based on one win over Michigan state? Granted, Nebraska hasn't been able to beat Michigan state for a couple of years, but I mean, is that one game going to be worth it? You got to see his greater body of work. And this is only his first year there. But I also, um, Dave Aranda would be an appealing one. He's got ties. Um, and he's a defensive guy. I still, I know that Nebraska likes a good flashy offense, but being born and raised farm kid from here, there's a lot to be said about defense still. Um, and I think that he is a quality coach. And I, one of the outliers that I'd, I've posed to people just as like a hypothetical of, okay, um, who's off the market is, is, a, is an Saban, unknown. Dabo, those, those are the two. Yeah. So if you want a, a, a kind of a guy that has, that is a little bit more out there, a little bit less of a, of a farm guy, but knows how to win in farmland. I mean, would Mike Gundy come? That that would be an interesting one to me. But I I don't I don't know. You would need a private private jet for him and his mullet. I love Gundy, <laughs> but he's he's there. Brady, uh, awesome to spend time with you. Great stuff today, and uh, we'll we'll do this again real soon. Appreciate you and have yourself a weekend. All right. Appreciate it, guys. And uh, my own personal favorite, Sam Pittman, probably isn't in the running, so I'll just enjoy what I have to watch at Arkansas. I love Pittman. Good stuff. (laughs) Forecast on the way with Hale Varsity.
And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by Currency. As we're here at the Hale Varsity Club, Brady Oltman's good stuff, man. The pride of Knuckles County, bringing the noise. Great work from him, too. HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe. Get there, get the magazine, get the website handled, and check out all of his conversations with the different agents. Uh, it's really fascinating to get the perspective of uh, Nebraska. Without further ado, it's a bye week, but he never sleeps. Uh, uh, let's crank the music up here, Connor, and welcome in. Clausburn for the Friday forecast. Claus, how are we doing? Did you make it through last weekend? Thanks for joining us. Well, I'm doing okay, but I got to say, Christopher, I'm a little disappointed in some of the things I've seen from Husker fans this week saying that they, they don't believe Trev Alberts is the man for the job to get this new coach hired. They say, well, he was at UNO. He's never hired a football coach. And listen, I, I have full confidence in Trev. Everyone everyone should. I think the only coaching hire that would kill the program would be if it was OJ. <laughs> so <laughs> let's let the man do his job and see where it comes out, okay? Mm, I, I, I love OJ references from Clausburn. It's so good. Let's start off. Wake Forest has their quarterback back. They have been high-flying. Who'd have thought? I thought Jim Grobe was the only man to, to get them ranked and winning. Nope, that's not the case. They've got a big opportunity. Clemson rolls into town, minus 7.5. Clemson's angry. Clemson's disrespected. Clemson's too good on the lines of scrimmage. All those redshirt freshmen are now... Redshirt sophomores, and they're going to win, and they're going to cover 34-10. Give me Clemson, Elijah. This is at Wake Forest, and I don't know. Does Wake Forest have a solid home field advantage? Wake Forest, you run. They have horrible barbecue. <laughs> Period. It's all in, the, in the south, they have horrible barbecue. End of discussion. That's all I needed to hear. Uh, because of that, bad barbecue means they're not going to be covering. I'll take Clemson to win this one 35-24. All right, a cover. Uh, Elijah says also, yes, Clemson in the win and the cover. What do you think, Connor? I think I got the Tigers winning and covering. I'll probably go, let's say, 24 to 10. Okay. All right. Claus, what do you say here? You going with the fighting Brian Piccolos? Or you going with, uh, with Dabo and company? Well, I think I'm going to take Clemson in this one simply because I, I don't think I could ever pull for a team called the Demon Deacons because much like Herm Edwards, I am not a devil, which of course is now literally true for him. I'm going to take Clemson <laughs> in this one 38 and Wake Forest 28. Ten-point winning cover for the Tigers. Florida, Tennessee, this, this used to be the game. Always the game. The game Peyton Manning could never win. And T. Martin did. But Florida right now, they look good. They're talented. I like their quarterback. But they uh, stubbed their toe after they beat Utah. Tennessee's minus 10.5. I'm going to go with Tennessee here just because I love Mike Eckler. But I think Florida covers. Give me the Vols 31-28 win. But no cover. The Gators get the cover. It's a rivalry game between Florida and Tennessee here. And uh, 
I mean, Tennessee has looked good so far this year, but I don't think they've truly been tested. This Florida team has. I actually like Florida to go in uh, to, uh, to Tennessee and get a outright win. Give me 31 to 30. Florida gets a win over Tennessee. Connor Clark. I'm feeling a little aggressive on this matchup. I think Tennessee covers at home. I think they win 31 to 20, so just barely covering. Has Florida proven itself? Are they legit just yet? I don't know. I guess we'll find out this weekend. What do you say, Claus? Tennessee or Florida? Well, this is a tough game. It's a rivalry game, and so I'm going to go with Tennessee. I believe they're a part of your stock. And I base that on the fact that I have it on good authority that somehow the bathrooms at Neyland Stadium are worse than the bathrooms at Memorial Stadium. And I was always under the impression that if you used the bathrooms in the corners of East and West Stadium, you were probably uh, confirmed some level of immunity to various venereal diseases, which I'm sure (laughs) you could confirm. So I'm going to take Tennessee in this one. 35 and Florida 31. No cover, but a win. Uh, Clausburn may or may not be a fan of the trough, is what he's hinting at. Arkansas A&M, the Hogs getting two points. Give me Sam, give me Arkansas, give me a squeal, pig. And uh, how about an Arkansas win to make Dabo's life that much more hell? 28-24, outright win for Arkansas. I personally liked the response I saw from Texas A&M last weekend, changing the quarterback. Uh, they had a good performance against Miami. I'm going to take A&M to win this one and cover 28-24 to 24 over Arkansas. Connor Clark. Give me Woo Pig Suey 27-21 on the road. All right, Claus, what do you say? Well, it's really a shame this game isn't played in College Station because can you imagine what the yell leaders would come up with for jokes about Arkansas? <laughs> but I will say I think I'd rather eat a bowl of applesauce handed to me by Marshall Applewhite than pick the Aggies. So Arkansas 17 and A&M 14. <laughs> I just watched a documentary on the Heaven's Gate Colts. No, that was good timing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, we have uh, Baylor coming up. So. <laughs> no Waco jokes. <laughs> Waco's in danger. <laughs> Minnesota minus three. Sparty. Sparty got rocked. Really good Washington team. Give me Minnesota. I hate doing it. But I think their lines of scrimmage are too good. Uh, 27 to 21. Minnesota the win. Elijah? Uh, I like Minnesota in this one big. I know they haven't played anyone this season, but they've looked really good. That rushing attack has looked phenomenal for Minnesota. I got them winning this game by a score of 28 to 17 over Michigan State. A win and cover for the Golden Gophers. Connor Clark, what do you say? Look, I know Sparty kind of got dominated at Washington last week, but this is Minnesota's first real test of the year. I don't know if I like them being the favorite on the road. I'll pick Sparty by a field goal. All right, Claus, what do you like here, Minnesota or Michigan State? Well, I've spent the last roughly year and a half thinking that the head coach of Michigan State was Mel Torme. And I don't think anybody in their right mind would take P.J. Fleck over the Velvet Fog. (laughs) But I would take him over Mel Tucker. So Minnesota 31 and Sparty 24. 
All right, we are up against it. Claus, do you have a couple of minutes to give us a Baylor-Iowa State pick here on the other side of the break? Okay. There he goes. Claus will give us a, uh, a final pick here. It's not quite the Trev Alberts Bowl between Kansas and Iowa State. Mm. But to get to the Trev Alberts Bowl, you need an undefeated Iowa State and a still unbeaten Kansas next weekend in Lawrence. I got shut down on that road trip proposal to be in Lawrence next weekend. There's just no way to make it back. A quick timeout, Hale Varsity, here at the Hale Varsity Club in La Vista. The forecast closes out with Baylor, Iowa State, and Clausburn returns as Hale Varsity is presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring me in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Winding down here at the Hail Varsity Club here in La Vista, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark, Clausburn. As uh, next Friday, we are at the Single Barrel, four to six, incredible steaks and whiskey. You may need uh, a double dose uh, for homecoming in Indiana. Let's get back to the forecast before we say goodbye. Weekend edition on in Lincoln, seven to nine tomorrow morning. Iowa State Baylor, Doc Sadler just posting a tweet of an incredible mobile bar. You have every and any bottle there you need. And uh, they're going to get ready to fire up here. Iowa State unbeaten. Baylor comes in with a narrow loss to BYU in overtime. Minus two and a half. Matty Campbell favored. Hell of a good coach. Aranda's picked up steam from the Nebraska contingent this week. I think Baylor gets it done. I think they learned from that near that near miss against BYU. And uh, I think it's going to be a good ball game. I, mean, I think Iowa State's pretty talented as well. But uh, too much... Um, for Baylor and give me the Bears 24-21 win outright for Baylor Elijah I am with you 100% on this one almost down to an exact final score I like Baylor this season Uh, they haven't started the year the way that they would have hoped but I mean last year was an exceptional year for Baylor finishing in the top 10 Uh, as for Iowa State they got that that patented win over Iowa but it's Iowa (laughs) And Thank I, you, Sean Eichhorst. I, I, I hate to say that it's Iowa, but like Iowa State has been a good program over the past couple of seasons, and Iowa's a beautiful football program this year. So uh, I'll take Baylor as well. 23-17, to 17, uh, the Bears get an outright win over Iowa State. What do you think, Connor? I think the Bears will be a little bit too much. I know that they didn't look great against BYU. I think there were some injuries in that game, so full strength maybe not a part of the factor in that game. But I think the Bears win by a touchdown 28-21 in eight. Claus, you are incredible for hanging out. Thanks again for the OT. What do you like here, Baylor or Iowa State? Well, listen, fellas, I know you expect me to do some more uh, cult food jokes about Waco, and I'm not going to do it, though I will say on their way up I-35, they'll pass through West Texas, which has a bakery there called Check Stop, and they make kolaches so good it'll make the old ladies run in the Wilbur Claytonia Booster Club bake sale throw in the towel 
And I know they're in town tonight, so I am throwing down the gauntlet. But what I will say is... I, I like Iowa State in this one, guys. I Honestly, I'll tell you, I thought Dave Veranda was Spanish for the veranda up until this week. <laughs> turns, out, <laughs> turns out day doesn't even mean the in Spanish. So that's the last time I think... <laughs> Last time I take Spanish lessons from Taylor Martinez. Anyhow. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I'll take the Cyclones in this one, 27, and the Bears, 24. <laughs> We're flipped around. Okay. Time to go to church Sunday. <laughs> Claus, you have yourself a weekend. Okay. There he goes. That's Clausburn. Big thanks to Connor Clark, Elijah Herbal, Chris Schmidt. From the Hale Varsity Club here in La Vista, come on by. 15% off all cocktails all weekend. I should say 15% goes. 15% goes to Team Jack. Come on by for a drink. A Huda Media Production.